Come on, 12 years. Whew. <laughs> I feel we're going to have some fun today. You guys going to have some fun? Is that okay? Uh, some of you may be wondering what my new hardware is here, this fancy thing. It's all the rave right now and rage. If you want one, you can get one. Uh, what I'd like to tell people happened is when I was on vacation and sabbatical, a bear came out of the woods and I was defending my wife from a bear attack. That's what I'd like to say. Uh, what happened is we had preparing second dinner, which is what you do on vacation. You have your second dinner, and then you sharpen an already sharp knife. And then someone talks to you while you're sharpening said knife, and you look away, and unfortunately, you lacerate your tendon down into the bone and knuckle and have to have reconstruction surgery. So, not a great story, especially when you're an Eagle Scout, and, sa an Eagle Scout and safety is one of those important factors in your life, right? Teaching your kids how to use knives safely. Uh, so, yeah, that's what happened. Oh, thank you, Rochelle, right? 12 years. I feel like this is my birthday, right? I have, like, if I look at my life over a phase of, of, of my Christian walk, I think there's three phases. There's before I knew Jesus and there was no joy and no peace, right? N-O, N-O. And then I went to college, <laughs> met Jesus, but I was mentored by someone that said charismatics were going to ruin the world and that anything charismatic was evil, and so I didn't look at anything other than non-charismatic things. And then I was in college, or graduate school, and I met this amazing, good-looking blonde woman named Kathy, who later became my wife. <laughs> and her parents got saved in the Jesus People movement. I wasn't open to that. I would go over to their house and say things that were real comforting and affirming and be like, so where do you keep your snakes? <laughs> and we got married, and we were going after or I was going after my career. I was a former trial attorney representing doctors that got sued for malpractice, you know, and I was going after that. And uh, it was about this time, 12 years ago, my wife and I loved Jesus, but we were going through a rough patch. Marriage takes work. You gotta keep tilling the soil and doing things, but we were going through a rough patch. We had been kind of like fighting more and more and headed towards that area that we call divorce. I mean, we hadn't talked to anybody, but in our hearts, we're like, can we do this anymore? Two type A strong-willed people, one of which didn't know his identity in Christ fully. And in those dark days, the enemy would come in and whisper in my ear and say, you know what? Maybe you should just kill yourself and you'd be better off. Your family could really know someone that would really treat them well and love them really well. You see, I used to think that I wasn't built for relationship. I used to think when people would say, oh, we're all built for relationship and we're built to be people people, I would be like, not me. But that was before I had a revelation of who I was in him. Whose I was and who I was. So 12 years ago, as we were headed towards that dark place in our marriage, I encountered the living God through a church called Catch the Fire. We went to the pre-service launch of Catch the Fire, broken, hurting people. And all of a sudden, I encountered a manifest presence of the living God that set me on a trajectory that would eventually have me leave the full-time practice of law and go into ministry because I was so in love with him and I wanted to replicate my testimony all over the nation and nations. Because I think so much in America, we realize that it's about 
rules and regulations and we, we talk about all these things you should and shouldn't do. But if you have the living God inside of you, you don't want to do those things. They don't need to know more rules. They need to encounter him. And there are lots of amazing churches. Just my testimony is from Catch the Fire. My growing up spiritually was in Catch the Fire. You know, in the early days, many of you have heard the stories, you know, like they started the church in September and within a month we had an encounter weekend uh, and and they've gone by different names. We basically just went and encountered him during the weekend. And here I am, the skeptical trial attorney that didn't believe that Jesus still operates today in the same way that you read in Acts in the Bible, that he could show up and do miracles. (laughs) And the skeptical trial attorney had an encounter with the living God. I got laid out on the floor with the Holy Spirit. Mind you, I had never watched God TV. I had never sinned to a Catch to Fire conference. I didn't know that when that happens, you fall on the ground. It can happen. It doesn't mean always. But I'm lying on the ground being like, uh, you could have just sent like a prophet or a memo or a something, right? Why am I on the ground? So I get up, and that night, many of you have heard the story, I journaled. I said, Lord, I'm skeptical of all this, but if this is you, if this is really you, I want all of it, and I want to have an explosion with the Holy Spirit. Now, mind you, I've been going to a charismatic church like four weeks, so I didn't know what I was praying. But he shows up and gives good gifts if you ask. (laughs) So the next day, the power of God fell upon me again, and I'm sprawled out on the floor. And it wasn't like one of those meetings, like at a conference, like everyone. It was just like me and maybe a couple other people. So, you know, I was feeling super self-conscious. You know, like, what if my senior partner comes in? Or a judge or something like that, right? And as I'm laying on the floor, Duncan comes over and prays, JT, I want you to have an explosion with the Holy Spirit. What I had prayed less than 18 hours before. And so at that point, I started to say, you know what, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm in. I'm in. And so then we started to go things like, all of a sudden, do you remember if you've been able to pray with the Holy Spirit's help to pray for someone that first time you see that miracle? I remember my first one was a bellyache. Me and a lady were praying for someone, and it was a bellyache. And you know, you're like, well, you could just tell me your belly's better. How do I know that you're really healed? And then it progresses to headaches and shoulder aches. And then my first mission trip, 10 blind eyes or partially blind eyes were open. Yes, come on. A skeptical trial attorney, one pastor that had faith, a doctor that didn't believe in miracles, and a Starbucks barista. That was our major ministry team. And we got to pray for those people because our medicine that we were supposed to have a medical clinic got lost. And so the only thing we had to show up with was Jesus. That's my story of Catch the Fire. That's my story of realizing that there is so much more than your salvation and going to heaven. It's about releasing heaven on earth. And then the first time I got to see someone get out of a wheelchair in England. Jesus still operates today. He still operates today. And I'm so excited that our church is finally able to come together. We do. If you've not been here in person, we have socially distanced our sanctuary. Uh, but as we have continued to grow, as you, if you've been here, you realize that we're growing and kind of at capacity in our social distance sanctuary. 
But guess what? Starting October 4th, we're going to go to two services so we can have more room for folks and more options. We're going to have the 915 and the 1115 service. So <laughs> I just feel like on our 12th year anniversary, we're going to go after some stuff today. I want to go after at the end, we're going to minister. We're going to have the worship team come back up and we're going to go after three areas. One, encountering the love of the father. You know, for me, I had never come to the place that I knew that I could say, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. But when you encounter him like that and you realize he's not the big angry cop in the sky, but he loves you, that you can encounter him in that way, we want to make sure that there's room for you today, whether that's your first time encountering him, your fifth time, or your hundredth time. The second area we want to go after is Jesus, the Savior, and Jesus, the Sozo, the Healer. So if you have physical, if you have some problems with your body right now, we love medicine. Thank you, Jesus, that there are medicine that can come and bring the healing. But as Paul Manwaring says, medicine isn't a second-class healing. You can go after medicine, and you can go after supernatural healing. So we want to go after healing today, online and in person. Amen. And the last thing we want to do is make way for the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. We want to make way for the presence of God to come and minister deeply to you. My prayer is whether you're watching online or in person, you too can have an explosion with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Woo! So uh, I need some water. So 2020, huh? What a year. I know, I know you all know that 2020, we can really blame it on Netflix. Earlier this year, they took off friends, and it hasn't been our day, our week, our month, or even our year, right? <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, at the beginning of the year, many families, you know, try to create, uh, you know, what are we doing this year? What are our resolutions? What are those things? How many of you were like, you know what, I, what I'd really like to do in 2020 is spend more time with my family? I just need to know who I have to blame for that prayer coming to fruition, you guys are prayerful warriors, man. You did it globally. So congratulations. We have all spent time with our families this year at an increased unprecedented levels. <laughs> Do you remember when homeschooling used to be like, oh, you homeschool? <laughs> are you sure your kids are going to be socially okay? It's a global phenomenon now. Everyone gets to homeschool. Yay! Do you remember when working from home was cool? You're like, oh, you work from home? That is awesome. <laughs> I want to be essential. Can I please go to the office? Please, please, please. <laughs> Do you remember when you showered more than once a week? <laughs> I mean, these are things that we never thought that we were going to do in 2020. Do you remember when social media used to unite us rather than divide us? Do you remember when Zoom wasn't a four-letter word in your vocabulary? A Zoom call? Can we just talk on the phone? Because then I got a shower. Just on the cell, let's just, just do that. Not another Zoom call, please. I make some jokes, you know, because we're all living through this together. We're going to get through this together. The body is going to be stronger because of this, and we're going to move on. I've been telling the team, you know, if I could bet on Christianity like the stock market, I'd be all in. We just need to have them encounter the living God. And I make jokes about Zoom, but what an amazing opportunity we've had through Zoom. You know, 
literally overnight, we put the school revival online. We've been talking for a decade about how to get the school revival online. In a weekend, we put school revival online. The first semester that we had, we're now entering our third semester, but the first semester, there was close to five or 600 people in 12 different countries that were taking classes. The testimonies have been coming in in profound ways. There's a church in Australia that I was talking to this week that considers the school revival in Raleigh, well, technically Durham, North Carolina, their training arm and want everyone to take our classes online. A church in Australia. I highly urge you, if you've not had a chance to take a, a class, I'm sorry it is on Zoom. Uh, we are looking at next semester, maybe some options in person, but right now uh, we're just doing them online and we're actually creating, a, a, we're gonna catalog uh, all of those classes so that if you've missed a class, you want one, you can download it and watch it, you know, so you can continue to grow in that area, which is amazing. Do you remember before 2020, you used to be to the office by like 7.30 or 8 a.m., and by then you'd already been to the gym, the grocery store, and dropped your kids off to school? Now someone's like, can we caulk at nine? You're like, nine? Ten? Can we just do lunch? Because let's be honest, that takes a lot of effort to get for that far, right? Do you remember before this year when there was more on the news than just COVID and the sixth professional sport in America? That'd be politics for those of you following sports, right? You're like, ah, oh, I don't like either of those things right now. Can we just have happy puppies again? Can you just do some more food posts? Look at that. That's beautiful. I love that. And I know that many of you don't realize that we are in an election year. Uh, I just want to remind you that coming up, uh, the last day to register to vote is October 9th. Uh, and we are going to vote on November 3rd unless you do earlier mailing. And for those of you that, there's an interesting statistic out there that you know that we are a democratic republic, meaning that we are in a democracy, that we get to choose who we vote for in a democracy, but they vote on our behalf for rules and regulations. And I read this statistic that there's 90 million Christians in America eligible to vote, and as many as 40 million don't register, or don't vote, and 15 million have never registered. So I say, if we wanna see, as Murray said a couple weeks ago, if we wanna see kingdom values represented, representing us, we need to get out and vote. So we're gonna do what we can. We're gonna send out some emails, nonpartisan, just try to lay out where the candidates are, you know? We're gonna have some guides here for you guys to make the decisions, but I encourage you, please vote so that we and our kingdom values are represented in the local, state, and national levels. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's intriguing, you know, with all the new normal that we're learning and living through in 2020, myself and people I've been talking to, there's some potential to have some increased stress, some increased anxiety, some increased fear. It's just been a challenging season. And I think the Lord has put a message on me this morning that I wanted to share, but it's also something that I need to hear. It's one of those messages that we all know, but we need to have an increased level. And I don't know how non-believers do it. We as believers at times can feel a little bit shaken, can feel a little bit. But if you put your faith in anything other than unshakable, I don't know how you walk every day trying to figure this out. I think there's been such an amazing opportunity for us as believers that we can be the light of Jesus in a very dark place right now. I would have never believed that we were where we are today. But I know that this season has increased for many of us to go deeper into the word, to go deeper into worship. 
that, you know, when you don't know what else to do, you just keep spending more time in the Word than on the phone. Uh, before I went on sabbatical vacation, I deleted all the news apps. I was just tired of reading about it. I was like, you know, I was just tired. I was tired of experts debating. I was tired of my friends debating. I'm like, there was this great meme that went around, and they were talking about how the Amish people weren't affected by coronavirus. And they went and actually asked them, how are you not affected by coronavirus? And they said, well, we don't have TV. And it's a real virus that's been really killing people. But we want to stand in faith, right? We want to operate in faith that we can be the light in a very dark and saddened place right now. You know, people are scared. They're fearful. We have ministers on the streets and folks are like, you know, 20 million jobs were lost. Now, unfortunately, we've gotten about 10 million back. But people are hurting, right? Things have been shut down for months. I remember early days thinking they would never shut things down. And now we're six months into this, right? And it's, it's like we've got to stand united and be the joy, be the peace, be the light. So when people are like, why are you so joyful? Why are you so happy? You're like, let me tell you why. Let me bring the light to you because Jesus did a work in me. Like there used to be a time in my life that I didn't believe that laying on of hands actually did anything because I thought it was about me. But if you've heard the message that you come together, you Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When you outstretch your hands, you bring the kingdom. And then, online. So many times you're like, I want to lay hands on people, but we can't. We need to say social distance, which is awesome. Not awesome, but we're dealing with it, right? And so, but then what about people that are healed online? We've seen so many miracles online. We've seen and heard testimonies of people being healed online just listening to the worship team. And so I joke about technology, but the Lord is using technology to bring people together in mass. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to celebrate 12 years of his goodness, and then I want to make plenty of space for him to come and crash in on us. There's been some stressful times in our history, and, and uh, you know, we've had world wars in the past, and I'm no way saying that the current time we are is any way related to a world war, but there was this great quote during one of the world wars that some Dutch Christians asked a Dutch Reformed theologian and missionary, Hendrik Kramer, what they should do in the current situation. He responded, I cannot tell you what to do, but I can tell you who you are. If you know who you are, then you will know what to do. And then he read to the fearful Christians at that time, 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a people claimed by God as his own to proclaim the triumphs of him who called you out of the darkness and into this marvelous light. And I think that's what we have been trying to do and convince ourselves and to keep going deeper in. It was like Michael Brodeur's message a couple weeks ago, so phenomenal. To be transformed, to be transformers. To know who you are that you can then bring those solutions to the world. Part of the reason that we went online with the school was we wanted to touch people's lives that were hurting. And Patricia Bootsma had heard some studies that after China had opened up, they had been restricted and they opened up, the divorce rate exploded 
because they've been focusing on career, whatever else, all of a sudden they're locked down for months at a time and they're junk, right? And so we had a class that was dealing with how to deal with your junk. <laughs> how are you dealing with your junk? Are we looking for things to make us feel better outside of Jesus? We want to train and equip the body so that you can be transformers everywhere you go. And as I've been praying into it, you know, I think it's, this season is not to be one that is masked by fear, but by the peace of Jesus. That doesn't mean you need to be ill-equipped or un, um, unsafe. You need to do what's right for you in that place, but we can still bring joy and peace to people. I remember the first time when we started you know, opening up and you'd see a neighbor and it was like you were so excited to actually talk to someone outside of your family. You're like, hello, I've been your neighbor for 10 years, but hi, I'm JT. I know we've never met in the past decade, but are you alive? Can we just talk? Yes, how are things going? Yay. But this season is not one to be masked by fear, but by the peace of Jesus. And what I want to share today, this morning, and as we encounter the living God, is that peace is an inside job. Peace is an inside job, meaning we need to come to a place that we can get the peace of Christ exuding from us, and that when we walk around, it may not be our shadows are healing, but we can bring the peace of Christ everywhere we go. That even when we're socially distanced and wearing a mask, we can still bring his peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Romans 8.15. For you did not have a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons who cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. I remember when I used to be so weird. I'm like, calling God, the creator of the universe, Abba, Father? Doesn't that feel weird? but that's the place when your heavenly father, you can sit back, and that's one of the most endearing terms that the Jewish folks would have used at that time. Abba. Why don't you just, why don't you just look up to heaven right now? And just in your heart, and out loud, and if you're online, just say, Abba. Father. trying to do that more and more. Is anyone else just tired of clicking on the news apps, Facebook or whatever else, and you're like, oh my gosh. People that used to be friends are just going to war with each other. <laughs> but he is still on the throne. Colossians 3.15 in the Amplified. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of the one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. Come on. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Acts 16. And the Lord really impressed upon my heart to share a short message but to create lots of opportunity for encounters today. It's our 12th anniversary. It's catch the fire. I want to create a space to encounter the living God. To encounter his transforming presence. So Acts 16. Paul and Silas. We're going to look at verses 16 through 40. 
This is such a wild story. So let's just read this. It's a big block of scripture, but it's an amazing story. As they were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of the salvation. And this kept going for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And at that very hour, she was came out. Can you imagine this person crawling, falling around you like that they were making money off this girl who had that, but then realized that what they were carrying was Jesus and the power of God. And they're like, would you please just shush? Leave in Jesus' name. And then they lost their income. Those people were so upset that they lost their income as opposed to celebrating someone that finally had peace, someone that was finally set free, that if you read on, they finally go to a place that they take them and beat them and put them in prison because they set someone free. That's crazy. (laughs) Verse 23, and when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison ordering the jailer to be keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. For following Jesus. We have been so blessed as a country to be able to follow Jesus for so many years without any kind of real persecution like we've seen in other areas. And now there's places that I would have never thought that going to church or worshiping your home would become a potential criminal activity. We as a church need to stand up, and I'm not saying to to oppose what the government is doing, but as a body of believers within where we can go that we say Jesus is the way, Jesus is the hope, Jesus is the salvation, that we don't look to anything other than Jesus as a way that we need to get our peace met. And I think that it's time for the church, us, as Duncan has said, us as the church, to rise up in areas that we've given real estate back. And as we, as a collective body of believers, bring solutions to the hurting world, they won't care where the solutions come from. They just want to know that they're not hurting anymore. We used to, uh, there was this prison ministry that did some amazing things. Many of you remember Proverbs 226, uh, going into the prisons. And they were unashamedly Christian. And the government unashamedly brought them into all kinds of prisons because they brought solutions. They closed two prisons in South Carolina because recidivism fell to to 4% instead of 74%. The government didn't care that it was Christians doing it. They saw the results. So as we as believers can bring results, then we get an opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. But we bring value, right? (sighs) But Paul and Silas knew who they were, knew who they were, whose they were, and they knew that peace came from the inside and it didn't matter their surroundings. We go into the next verse, and it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They had been inappropriately, illegally beaten, shackled, and thrown in prison, and they were still worshiping Jesus. As they were worshiping Jesus in what could only imagine be a really bad place, because they put him in the real bad place in prison, like the inner sanctum, you know, like down where it's real bad. And they're just worshiping Jesus. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened. 
and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Can you imagine being in prison shackled and an earthquake happens and all of your shackles fall off and you're like, I'm out of here. But they didn't leave. And the doors were opened and everyone's bonds unfastened. When the jailer woke, he saw that the prison doors were open and he drew his sword and was gonna kill himself. Supposing that the prisoners had escaped, but Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke in the word of the Lord to him and to all were in the house. And they took him that same hour of night and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once and all of his family. Then he brought them to the house, put food before him and he rejoined them along and rejoiced with them and including the entire household. And then the people that inappropriately beat them threw them in prison. The next day they said, hey, go set those people free. And they're like, no, no, no. We were Roman citizens. What you did was wrong. So the jailer, by seeing the peace of Jesus that was resting on them, they got saved. Their family got saved. And then they got to be a testimony to the people that did things wrong. It's time for us to realize that where the peace is, is inside our hearts. And that we can release that to so many people around us. Because I don't know about you, but there's been some days that I'm like, right? But if we can show that to the world, <laughs> what we want to do right now is we can start getting the worship team up uh, and pull it back together. We're going to worship here, but I want to make space for folks online and in person to encounter the living God. I don't think today on our 12 year anniversary that we need to spend a long time with words. We can ask him to show up. And so there's three areas that I really want to go after today that I felt the Lord put on our heart. One is the underarching theme of all of this is the peace that passes all understanding that's living within us because Jesus is residing in us. But I wanna go after three things today. For those that you feel comfortable that are in the building, we're gonna ask you to come up front. We'll have our team lay hands on you and pray. We will have masks on. Uh, but for those of you online, as the team is coming up, here's what we wanna go after. One, to encounter the Father's love. So that you know that you know that you know that you're loved by the creator of heaven and earth. And that you can stand there and say, Abba, Father. That you can be comforted by the great comforter. And if that's you online, we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, just come and minister deeply to those online that they know that they know that you are a good God, that you are a good Father, and yet you'll meet them where they are. The second one we want to go after is that you encounter Jesus, your salvation, but also Jesus, the sozo, the healer. So if you need a physical miracle in your body, we want to create a space over by my brother-in-law, Josh, just wave. We're going to go for healings over that area. So if you need a physical healing, and Danny over there, we're going to go for physical healings in your body. If you need a physical healing today. But we also want to make space because Jesus can heal mental issues as well. And they're just as real and just as painful. So if you need to break off fear, anxiety, depression, something else, we're just gonna ask you to come to this part of the sanctuary. And the third place that we wanna go after is to encounter the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. 
if you want to encounter and have a fresh encounter. As Bill Johnson says, the Holy Spirit's in you for you, but on you for others. So if you want to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, we're just going to pray right now for those that are online that can't be here, that you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit in a new and profound way. We just say, Jesus, come right now and bring the presence of God. Are we ready? We're going to worship the King on our 12th birthday. We're going to encounter the living God in profound ways. So if that's you, if you want to come to any of those responses, meaning you want to encounter the living God as the Father, come up front if you're okay. If not, just raise your hands and we'll come to you. If you need Jesus the sozo, Jesus the healer, come over there. We're going to pray for you and believe that Jesus is going to heal you today. knowledge that there's someone that's struggling either online or in person that has a kidney disease we just say healing right now in Jesus name wherever you are in this building or online and we just ask for more encounters with the Holy Spirit right now Holy Spirit just pour out your manifest presence right now for those of you who are coming up front, we may not have catchers, so if you feel the presence of God, you may need to go to your knees right now. But we just want to bless those online right now and say, Jesus, keep coming. Keep sowing. Keep coming. Keep sowing. Keep coming right now in Jesus' name. We just say, command it right now in Jesus' name that you can be online or in person and you can encounter the living God in profound ways.
Um, been singing since I was five years old, and um, I was just prayed over, and it just became easy to sing again. faith. So right now, by the power of the testimony, Jesus is here. The miracle worker is here right now. We just want to release that. If you need physical healing in your body right now, we just say, kingdom of God, come right now in your manifest presence. We say, all sickness be gone right now in Jesus' mighty name. We say, slay anxiety, slay depression, slay anything that is not of you in Jesus' name. And keep coming in profound. 